Hello, beautiful people. My new play, Sheila and Moby, is now playing at Flying V Theater, directed by Courtney Lane Self. When Sheila, a successful young businesswoman, returns to her hometown, she is immediately swept into a tale of intrigue, suspicion, and adventure involving a six-year-old neighbor girl's missing stuffed animal. Sheila reluctantly enlists the aid of her own childhood stuffed animal, an Iberian lynx named Moby, to solve the case. Sheila and Moby bears more than a striking resemblance to a comic strip you may love, one that ran from, say, 1985 to 1995 and was also about a six-year-old child and their stuffed feline. Maybe. Sheila and Moby, by me, Patrick Flynn, and directed by Courtney Lane Self, now playing at Flying V Theater. Visit flyingvtheater.com for tickets and performance information. Before we get started, I need to thank another Patreon patron. Thank you, Deborah Cope. Deborah is someone who is a big supporter of DC Theater, not only with her time and her money, but also, I imagine, with her driving. Thank you, Deborah. Want to get thanked on the air? Just go to patreon.com slash originalcastpod and say yes to this. It's a Hamilton reference. There are a few tiers of patronage, but they all come with access to our bonus monthly podcast, The Original Cast at the Movies. Our pilot episode on Moulin Rouge is available on this feed so you can sample before you buy. October's movie is The Rocky Horror Picture Show with guests Jason Slofstein and Courtney Lane Self. We discover why it's not easy having a good time. Again, patreon.com slash originalcastpod. All right, here's the show. This episode of the original cast contains themes and language that may not be suitable for your current listening environment. Listener discretion is advised. Whenever my world falls apart, I never lose hope or lose heart. Whatever the form of the storm that may brew, not with you to lean on, darlings, you. Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. My guest today can currently be seen in Flying V's production of Sheila and Moby in the role of Courtney. It's Cassie Cope, everybody. Hello. Hi, Cassie. Hi. Thank you for coming down. Yeah, no problem. And thank you. Okay, so Cassie picked a show that I have been touting (laughs) on this podcast pretty much since its inception. And you picked... Heather's the Musical. Yes, you did. And you know, you know, you know, life can be beautiful. You hope, you dream, you pray, and you get your way. Ask me how it feels. Look at like hell on wheels. My God, it's beautiful. I might be beautiful. And when you're beautiful, it's a beautiful. Heathers. How did you find Heathers? Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to expose myself here real quick. Okay. Well, it's an audio format, so that's Tumblr. A- it Tumblr. Was, it was Tumblr. Um, I had a Tumblr. R.I.P. My Tumblr. It still exists. I just don't use it. Right. I haven't touched it. In that's like three that's years. the definition of a Tumblr. Yeah. Isn't it? You still have it, but nobody you don't yeah. use it. I had this musical theater kind of weirdo Tumblr from the age 13 to about 16. Where one summer, it was the summer of 2014, I guess, because that's when the cast album came out, um, where my friend on Tumblr, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that word a lot. Tumblr friend. uh Who I actually still talk to today. Oh, that's good. Like, we've 
been friends for years, which is really funny, and we've never met. Shout out to Leah, who lives in Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She was like, hey, have you heard of this new show? The cast album's coming out soon. And I was like, hmm, this sounds weird. I watched the movie. I was like, okay. Kind of fell in love with Winona Ryder. Mm -hmm. I love Winona Ryder. And then I found all those like bootlegs that they had of the LA production. I was like, what is this? Mm -hmm. This is so wild. This is so weird. And the cast album came out in June of that year. And I was on a Disney cruise in the Mediterranean Mm -hmm. when that cast album came out and it came out like a week in advance. So I used all my internet for the day because on cruise ships you have to like buy your allotted Wi-Fi. And I used all of my internet allowance for the day to download that album. And that was like the album of my freshman and like my, I guess it was my freshman year. Yeah. It was the summer before my freshman year of high school. That was the only album I listened to. And I was obsessed with it. I, there's a bootleg that is now like known to everyone Mm -hmm. that you can get. But I was one of those people who, when I first saw that that bootleg was available, I contacted the dealer of the bootlegs, the guy who recorded it. Look at you. And I have it on DVD from the guy who recorded it. And it was so expensive. It was probably like $45. (laughs) Like, I I don't know why I did that, but I have it on DVD. And I remember giving it to friends in school who I got, I got them obsessed with the show too. Right. And they like, we burned the CDs together so each of us could have a copy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so it runs deep. It runs with deep. You, this show. And I also saw the original cast, not the original cast, but the original production of it. In New York. In New York. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So I saw it. Then I was in New York for a summer intensive, a musical theater intensive, and it's like a thing where you go and see shows during the week oh sure yeah Yeah. well it was was like a week-long intensive and i would go and see shows and i had convinced my mom like she liked the show but she was like i don't know this is a little raunchy Mm -hmm. and we can't leave your sister alone and somehow i convinced her to get tickets for the show the night before closing wow so i saw it the night before closing in the second row With my mom and my eight-year-old sister. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) We were in the second row watching the show. I was completely enthralled. Like, it was just everything I wanted in life and more. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a little disappointed that it wasn't Barrett Wilbert Weed because she had left the show at that point. Mm -hmm. And it was no longer Ryan McCartan as JD. It was uh, Dave Thomas Brown. I think that's his name. Mm. And he's in Book of Mormon now. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so they, it was a different, slightly different cast configuration. Mm-hmm. I still loved it. Sure. And I, <laughs> I loved it so much that we were getting pizza after the show. And I was like, Mom, tomorrow is closing night. And I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I'd really want to see, like it again. see it again. Like a, and yeah. um, that was not I got, a... no, I got the very last ticket oh my gosh i saw it two days in a row and i saw it closing night and that was the most wild show i've ever been to the closing oh my god it was insane like (laughs) when the heathers came out 
there was a standing ovation. Mm-hmm. Like there was a two minute standing ovation when Bathers did their like yeah, massive entrance. entrance. I was, it was the crazy, like the energy was just insane. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So I have a really deep love. For I would show. say, oh my gosh, yeah. that's great. And I had the, I have a playbill from closing night signed by the entire cast Andy Fickman, who, Flickman, Fickman, Andy, um, the guy who directed it. Oh, yes. Um, and <laughs> that Lawrence guy. O'Keefe. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So nice. I have. Yeah, you yeah. have mementos. You I have, have that. You have stuff. I had a poster that was almost completely signed from the night before closing. And then, unfortunately, it was in a closet. Uh-huh. And my cat, a few years ago, somehow locked herself inside the closet and it was for hours, so we can guess oh, what happened. Oh, so, it was to that. so nothing in that closet like no. survived. R.I.P. All those Christmas decorations. Oh. And also my cabaret poster from Signature, which Barrow oh. Weed signed. Oh. That was also destroyed. Man. It was Oh, well, really these things time. come back. Yeah. They turn around. Yeah. Right. Or maybe they don't. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm still kind of sad about it. And I look at her sometimes. I'm like, Emily, you I really, just, you really, <laughs> you really messed me up there. You did me no favors. You really did cat. me dirty. <laughs> yeah, I'm allergic to cats. So you're not going to get I any. I am too. There's no cat joy. You, wait, you're allergic to cats yeah, and you have a cat? Me and my mom are allergic to cats. But and you have, have a cat? too. So like you, you don't get, if you have a cat that you're used to and you're allergic to them, it's just like, you don't have it as much. But it's if my cat sleeps on my face, like yeah, I'm gonna be sneezing the entire night through. But I'm just so used to them. We're well, obviously not super allergic. I'm to not cats. super yeah. allergic. I'm not like dying every time right. I see one. But like I get the sneezes, the sniffles, the oh my god, I can't really breathe. But <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think there's anything like if you're allergic to it worth fighting through personally. But I, I mean, but she's so fluffy. Because I even love say I don't like cats, but I I like <laughs> I, I love dogs. But if I was I allergic. But if I was allergic to dogs, I would never touch a dog. Like, it's just, it, it's, yeah. I discovered Heather's because of Lin-Manuel Miranda's Twitter. Um, oh. He shortly after, not shortly after, sometime when Hamilton was still new, he posted five music theater songs and five hip-hop songs. Mm-hmm. And it was under the heading of, like, for all my hip-hop fans... Oh. find these songs so, oh. and for all my music theater fans find these songs meaning you know like if you like hamilton He's you know so you're interested cool. in hip-hop yeah it was really cool um and i actually knew all the hip-hop songs i felt very not Ooh. all of them but i knew three of them i felt very cool okay. and i like the other two i, listened. I was like oh, look at <laughs> look at me 60 percent. but um still the only great. music and all the music theater songs were contemporary they weren't okay. like standards yeah. and one of them was our love is god Oh and I God. was the only one I'd never heard of on the list. I was like, oh, okay. Like I have to, well, then I obviously have to check yeah. this out. And when I clicked, because <laughs> all he wrote was the title. He's just like, find this yeah. song. So I type in Our Love is God musical. and Our Love is God musical. And Heather's comes up, of course. And I go, oh, man, I don't want to listen to the Heather's oh. musical. That sounds ridiculous. And it's from the guy who wrote Legally Blonde, the <laughs> musical. And I'm just like, I don't want to be a part of this. And I was like, but. I will listen to this yes. song. It's one song. Lin-Manuel Miranda told me He to told me to, so and so I, I shut. Absolutely. It's the law. And um, I, I, it is not overstating, I think, to think. I, I think it's one of the most mar- remarkable music theater numbers 
it's in the last 10 years. They made you cry, but that will end tonight. You are the only thing that's right about this broken world. Go on and cry. But when the morning comes, we'll burn it down and then we'll build the world again. Our love is God. I mean, it is just an astonishingly good song. And from that, of course, I got the cast. I was like, okay, well, never mind. Then I yeah. got the cast album. And the whole thing is is astonishing it's to so me. Good. And I, I have been a, good. I have been a, yes, it is actually, that's actually a really neat way to yeah. describe it. Because it's not only better than Legally Blonde, in my <laughs> uh, opinion. A lot of things are better than Yeah, Legally I'm not a huge Blonde. fan of Legally Blonde. Um, it's a fun it, show. It's a bop, though. It is. Some bops in it. But it's a long show. It is. It's a long show. Yeah. Um, it's a long stuff. The first part of the first act is very long. There's I've just like a lot of unnecessary numbers in it. I'm just like, I don't. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. I don't need this in life. There's a ton in it. It does feel that way of like, well, listen, if this is going to be a Broadway musical, it's going to be three hours and yeah. it's going to be huge and it's going to have like, yeah. so many songs. That's, like a, that's a weird show in itself. So then all, all those things strikes against it. I, It's not only better than Legally Blonde. Mm-hmm. It is, to me, I think it's better than the movie, which is a movie really? that I love. I do love the movie. It's a great movie. Um, it's fantastic. But it's so a dark. movie. Yeah. Well, so let's let's let before we jump into that. Yeah. Do you think you could dis- do you could summarize cursorily summarize because oh there's God. a lot of plot in the show. Yeah. The the basic premise of Heather's the musical. Okay. Well, there is a kind of basic, not basic, I don't know. She's kind of geeky. There's this geeky girl named Veronica who only has one friend, one real friend in high school named Martha Dunstock, and somehow through a kind of not twisty event, but just kind of as luck would have it, she befriends the three mean girls in her high school who are all named Heather. <laughs> and she also ends up dating this kind of guy who at the beginning you're like, oh, he's kind of hot and mysterious. And then later you're like, oh, He's just really creepy and kind of psychotic. Mm-hmm. Kind of psychotic? Kind of psychotic. <laughs> he's homicidal. <laughs> he, he's a sociopath. But I think he's we can still yeah. hot. Well, right. Yeah. And that's. It's that intersection between. Well, he's always damaged. Yes. It's just the damage super starts out damaged. super hot and then like tips yeah. into like, oh no, damaged. Like yeah, you're like, damaged, damaged. Sorry. Yeah, you're yeah. real messed up. Different kind of damaged. Yeah. And some antics ensue. Well, no, you can't skip the antics. Hang on. Uh, <laughs> if by antics, antics you mean, I mean murder, murder, yes, murder. that's exactly right. It's a really fun musical about murder. It is, yeah. Um, so should I spoil this? Oh, totally. Yeah, okay. yeah. No, no. I this feel is... like people probably know this. Yeah. But Veronica and JD accidentally there are air quotes here accidentally yes. we don't know how accidental it was on jd's behalf right probably not but so it's much. accidental on veronica's, on veronica's half yeah. she accidentally murders her another air quotes best friend uh, right best friend heather chandler yeah the lead heather uh-huh the top bitch the mythic bitch yes right um and it's oh my god it's just like so wild it's just how Oh man, I can't even. Well, so they kill they kill they Heather kill Chandler by kind of by accident, and then decide to make it look like a suicide. Yeah. So Veronica, whose talent 
is writing is being able forge. to forge. She can forge stuff. Forge anyone's really handwriting. Well. Yeah, they write the suicide note for her, which is a great song. <laughs> and uh, she, there are different lyrics to that, by the way. Do you oh, know are that? there? Yeah, yeah, I know. There's new stuff for when they did it in the that's a whole in the new, West End. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a, a whole, whole new, new thing. thing. <laughs> um, so then she, but then she becomes kind of a mythic star through this suicide note. She becomes, yeah, like, as she, she says, becomes, bigger than John Lennon. Yeah. And, My mom had to explain that to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when I was like, when I was really, really into this, I was like, I'm bigger than John Lennon. And mom was like, do you, you don't know, do you that know what means. that means? I was like, well, John Lennon was a really big star. Like, isn't that what that means? And she was like, well. Yeah, this other context. No. Um, and then this starts this whole thing of everybody kind of spins out of control. Yeah. And uh, then JD and Veronica murder suicide uh, or murder two football players who have harassed Veronica. Here's the thing that I don't understand about that. Like how this is what bothers me the most. Even if their plan had gone through originally as intended, like they would wake up and be the laughing stock of the town. They would probably be like, yo, JD and this weird ass dude. Oh, wait. (laughs) Veronica Veronica and this dude did this to us like well okay i don't understand how let's let's bre- let's yeah. get back to that because i really want to focus on that for a second but let's so, so just weird. to breeze through so then they 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 jd kills these two football players mm-hmm. veronica thinks there's there's some other plan just to humiliate them mm-hmm. he kills them and it's clear he's in the song our love is god he's had a psychotic break oh yeah uh he then goes on a kind of rampage uh and ultimately attempts to blow up the school at the end and stage that like a massive suicide. Veronica thwarts him, killing him in the process, and declares that high school's going to be, everyone's going to be nice to each other (laughs) for the rest of their lives. We're all going to love each other, and this is just a blip of our lives where we accidentally murdered a bunch of people. Right, and like, let's just not talk about it. (laughs) Um, And if if this sounds familiar to you, uh, it's because in order to make Heathers from the movie to the musical, there is more than, as you said, just a dash of mean girls thrown in to to give it some focus, which is why I think it's better than the movie. But so let's zoom in on Our Love is God for a second, because it is the thing that even though it is the act one finale, it it is the thing that like 100 percent hooked me on this show. Yeah. so the plan is, so Veronica, our protagonist, is at an earlier party, I mean, almost raped pretty much by these two football players. Oh, we should also oh, yeah. say it takes place in 1989. Yes. Which is important yeah. uh, for a lot of reasons. But she is at least assaulted, if not, at, yeah. at, after Heather Chandler's death, one of the... Uh, the There's that song. Heather, too. is it Heather Duke? It's Heather Duke. Steps up to be lead Heather at that yes. point. Yes. And yep. locks her in a room with Kurt and Ram, who mm-hmm. are the two. Oh, no? What happens? No, they go to a cow farm to go tip cows. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So yes. Sorry. Heather McNamara calls Veronica and is like, hey, uh, I'm in some trouble. I'm at the graveyard. Come meet me. And she's like, okay, I'll be right there. And the only way that Heather McNamara is able to get Kurt and Ram off her back, like away from her, is to tell them that Veronica's there to go hook up with both of them. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of like traded herself. Yeah. For, it's, it's, yeah, there's it's, a lot of that. Yep. It's gross. And yep. then, but so there's a song which has changed since used, this yeah. used to be Blue is Now You're Welcome. Um, which is just, so that song was originally written for the, the high, high school, school version. version. Mm-hmm. And I, 
I really love blue. It's kind of a bob. It, it is. It's, I understand why they would change it. Yeah. But I haven't heard you're welcome. Cause I haven't I, heard it either. Um, blue is a little, I will say. On the nose. <laughs> well, I don't mind it being on the nose. It's the only part where I feel like I get the joke. Like, yeah. the joke is over a minute before the song is. Once you were geeky and nerdy, but they knew you're dirty. You set them on fire. Whatever you require, they'll do. So take them home to meet your parents. They'll wear a suit and tie. And a fancy collar. They'll sing a lullaby. La 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 la. Please make these balls not It's funny. It's very clever. Yeah. Um, but it does. Listening to it this time, I, I was sort of thinking like, this song goes on Forever. for a while. Like it just it doesn't need to because it's a terrible moment. It kind of. Yeah. But I mean, maybe that's the it's point. It's a great performance moment. I'm though. sure. Like yeah. seeing that and seeing it live is like the audience is just like losing their minds. Mm-hmm. They're like, wow, we've seen this. Yeah. We understand. <laughs> we cannot turn it away. But JD decides after this assault. That the best way to get revenge on Kurt and Ram is to stage, a, it's going to be a fake suicide, mm-hmm. he tells her, where they get shot with these eek-lug bullets, right? Do you know what that translates to? Yeah. I'm lying. Yeah, I'm lying in German. Um, I love one moment in the movie that I wish they'd kept for the musical is right before that, in the movie scene, he asks her, do you speak German? Yes, he says, do you speak I German? I love yeah, that. And right. I, I, I wish that had been like, it kind of you know makes you well it goes to the character realize. actually that yeah. ties into what to to the, the the thing about jd the character that i yeah. wanted to talk about which is that he goes to stage this suicide it then is a murder like he's very clear he's going to mm-hmm. kill both of them um and he does in 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 the musical in this song called our love is god which is a sweet it's one of those great the reason i love it is because the line starts out as this very sweet thing that he says to her which is like you know they made you cry but that you know and it's the thing of like it's our our love is god our love will overcome overcome. but then what it literally comes to mean is he's taking that quite literally that like no god we are god in this moment (laughs) i can kill these two people and that's fine start and finish wars we're what killed the dinosaurs we're the asteroid that's overdue the dinosaurs will turn to dust they'll die because we say they must what the fuck have you done I worship you I'd trade my life for yours We'll make them disappear We'll plant our garden here Our love is God 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 us and he does he kills them and he has a you know he, he based that's the moment of like, he, like he's gone completely mm-hmm. nuts in 
and in the musical, it is a lot more like his his dad is a lunatic. Yeah. His mother is dead. Yes. And he's fending for himself, and he finds Veronica, and latches onto her. It's kind of a grounding. Person. Right, and then the rage within him takes over and he yeah. finds the courage to act on these impulses he's probably had all his life through that with Veronica. Yeah. In the movie, he's kind of a psychopath from the jump. Yeah. And it's the same backstory. His dad is, is awful. Yeah. His mother is dead. His dad probably killed his mother. Um, or at least his mom committed suicide. It's very, yeah. whatever. His dad is connected to his mother's death. Yes. And because in the, in the musical, we meet him because he's getting into a fight. With... Was it with Curtin Ram? Ram? Yeah. And that's also a great song, Fight For Me. Like yes. The slow motion. Mm-hmm. Man, that yeah, is. Yeah, Fight For Me is a really good song. <laughs> I love that song. And it's a great, I like the problematic nature of it where she's just like, boys fighting is wrong. But, it, but it's really <laughs> hot. Which is kind of a running bit in the, in the musical that like all these things are fine in the abstract. Yeah. But the minute you really start taking them seriously, it's prob- it's bad. It's yeah. really, really bad. And in the movie, what he does, I don't know if you remember this because it shocked me the last time Mm -hmm. I saw the movie. I hadn't seen the movie in 20 years and put the movie on him. In the the movie, Veronica's already a mean girl when the movie starts. Yes. Um, She's just part of their group. It's It's Heather, Heather, Heather and Veronica. They're doing the lunchtime Lunchtime poll. it's a very 80s movie in yeah. that way where things just are and we don't I've spend never, any time explaining it. When I, had, when I was in high school, like that, you never went up to people you didn't know and talked to them. I never understood. And, and the point I of that poll was very. But in any event, they go yeah. up to Curtin Ram, harass JD, Christian Slater in the movie. Love and Slater. he pulls a gun on them and shoots them both. <laughs> and it's a fake. It's all blanks and stuff. Yeah. But it's like, it's so school shooting now yeah. that you could, I mean, it's it's terribly disturbing There's, to me, and I yeah. remember when the like the movie came out, and I remember you know, all that. So it's not, you know, I have all the historical context, and I find that scene to be horrifying. Yeah. So he is, but that's all to say, he's looking for an excuse. Yeah. And he finds it more mm-hmm. than in the musical, where you get the sense he's kind of introverted and a loser, and love his love for Veronica weirdly gives him courage, which then yeah. weirdly makes him. Want to kill people. Want to kill, well, or just kill people, because I think he always wanted to. Yeah. I think he's now like, no, I can do this. Yeah. I have something to fight for. It gives him something to fight for. Ooh, Which he quickly then, he leaves her in the dust very quickly yeah. after he starts killing people. Man. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then you have the big song, My Dead Gay Son, which is the... Uh, which is a quote from the movie. Is a quote, you know, big oh, quote. I, I love, love my dead gay son. I love that funeral sequence, sequence from the movie. Where, yeah. Like, that is just like... A, beautifully cinematic that Mm -hmm. dream sequence man but it speaks to what you said earlier of the thing of like wouldn't jd and like so if if jd's plan worked if curtain ram yeah if if jd's plan went the way that veronica thought it would curtain ram just wake up and um say no we didn't do this i think first his plan he tells her that they're going to be found because the notes there Mm-hmm. So like I think he thinks someone's gonna find them and yeah. then they'll wake up and they'll be humiliated. Yeah. But what I think you're the stain of being a gay kid in high school in 1989 mm. is is the rumor very itself. different. Yeah. The fact that they were found in that position uh. in their underwear lying on the ground mm-hmm. together would be enough yeah. to be. It, it's not so much that people believe them necessarily or yeah. don't believe them or that it's just the fact that they were associated with that okay. 
ruins their social status. Whether it like actually turns the cut. I think that's the, yeah. And that's something that I'm very glad you can't access. (laughs) I'm glad it doesn't make sense to you because it shouldn't. But it is the, and actually the statement in the movie, I love my dead gay son, even though it's very funny in the way the dad says it, at the time was, it's one of the things the movie doesn't quite get right because it is a dark comedy. But there's a lot of moments in the movie where things are taken seriously for a second and then ignored. Like at that funeral scene, at one point, Veronica sees either Kurt or Ram's sister sitting in the church crying. She and JD are in the back, like, joking with each other. And she sees the sister crying. And it has this moment of for her of, like, oh, yeah, like... That was a person. Somebody died. And, like, somebody... (laughs) Like, he was a terrible person to us... But But somebody, somebody's somebody's older brother, like she loved him. And the movie doesn't, though, ever delve deeper than that. And that's kind of what I, when the dad says, I love my dead gay son, it is a moment of like, of profound statement at at the time to be like, no, I, like my son says he was gay and he killed himself because he couldn't acknowledge that. And I am proudly in front of all of you proclaiming, I love my son. And at the time that would have been huge. And it is played more for a joke in the musical, I think mm-hmm. justifiably, because they take it all the way over the yeah. top where the dad has this played by Anthony Cravello, Tony winner Anthony Cravello. In I this didn't recording. even. So, so great. bad. I didn't even realize that's who like he was until like, a couple of years ago because my friend was doing a Vita with him at T-Pac in Tennessee. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I know who that is. And I was like, oh, yeah. He was uh, in the Kiss of the Spider Woman sweep there in 93. You know what? <laughs> if you listen very closely in the back of the finale uh-huh. after the bomb goes off, yeah. you can hear him saying, this was a meteor strike. <laughs> you, <laughs> like You have to listen. Oh, I haven't heard that. I have to listen for that. You have to listen that. really closely in the background, <laughs> but the talking is like hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> All the mumbling among the parents yeah. are just deciding that like this wasn't a problem. Yeah, it's this was not so a problem at all. Funny. Uh, yeah. So, I, but it is that's one of the instances because the line "Our love is God" is from the movie. Yes, from our love that is scene. God. Let's go get. Let's a get slushy. a slushy. I know, but it's such a it's such a weird. It's another example of like that to me is great stage adaptation of like watching that movie and going, that's a really interesting yeah. thing for him to say. Let's spend six minutes. Which is what the song is. I mean, it's the yeah. act one finale. On that idea. Like, let's make that idea a thing. Instead yeah. of, like, just a throwaway. I love that. Let's get a slushy. you know. Let's go get a slushy. Let's get... There's a certain nihilism to the movie that the musical does not have. The mm-hmm. musical embraces all of its, like, its intensity. Yeah. Um, and is highly steeped in metaphor. Because um, we have songs like Freeze Your Brain and uh, uh, <laughs> Lifeboat. where like the, And Kindergarten Boyfriend, even, where there's, like, this huge... Metaphorical extension. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, um, there's so much to say. I don't know where to start. But <laughs> I like the, but I like the, the thing that surprised me about it and actually the thing that made me listen to it over and over again are not the moments where it's, it's fun. Isn't it funny that it's the 80s? Isn't it mm-hmm. funny that these characters are so extreme? Yeah. It's the moments 
that come in act two of lifeboat and kindergarten boyfriend Mm -hmm. that really let characters really, really dig in for a second and who they are. Cause Heather McNamara sings lifeboat. Yes. Um, and that's her suicide attempt or so that's her so the the mrs fleming yeah. Mrs. <laughs> so yeah we should the, say mrs Fle- the, the, she's the, the guidance counselor right yes, the guidance she counselor. she latches onto the suicide yeah and and of heather chandler and starts staging these field like rallies yes. where everyone can get together and talk so and this feel is what this the yeah boat okay is. so they're all talking <laughs> i don't know I think it's it's after Shine a Light, which yes. is after Shine a Light. Yes, and, it's right after Shine a Light. Yeah, yeah, and Mrs. Fleming is like, let's all talk about our feelings. and. But really, she just wants Heather, to talk about her feelings. Yeah. <laughs> and Heather McNamara is like, well, my boyfriend killed himself because he was gay for his linebacker. And it's just like all this. She kind of goes from this monologue into the song mm. about how she feels like she is living in a place where she is almost always on the verge of drowning. Yeah. She is, it's essentially like, I'm very suicidal without saying that really, yeah. but she's like, I'm having a really rough time. This, nothing is going how I thought it was going. And that's what, that's what life mode is. I float in a boat in a raging black ocean low in the water and nowhere to go the tiniest lifeboat with people i know cold clammy and crowded the people smell desperate will sink any minute so someone must go the tiniest lifeboat with people i know Pushing, everyone's fighting. Storms are approaching. There's nowhere to hide. If I say the wrong thing or I wear the wrong outfit, they'll throw me right over the side. I'm hugging my knees, and the captain is pointing. Well, who made her captain? Still, the weakest must go. Lifeboat full of people I know, the tiniest lifeboat full of people I know. And then she, then she does try to kill herself, shining the reprise, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, which is what happens in the movie too. Yeah, she sings this song. And Heather Duke is like, ah, you're so stupid, blah, blah, blah. And then she goes off to take these pills. And that's when the Shine a Light reprise comes on. Yeah. And Heather Duke is <coughs> singing Shine a Light to the tune of Shine a Light, but a completely different, a completely like, different kind of light. Your yeah. ass is off the team. Go on and bitch and moan. Yeah. You don't which, deserve the dream. Right. And you're going to die alone, oh. <laughs> which is actually a line that gets repeated a ton. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things when we when we learn playwriting, um, <laughs> well, when you study plays, you're you're often told to pay attention to. I remember this from uh, the first time in class we read uh, Death of a Salesman. Oh, 
Oh my and, god, I had to read that for English this year. <laughs> oh, I love Deathly Salesman. Um, it's just a hard thing to analyze. <laughs> oh, I well, okay, we can talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> but um, one of the lines that keeps coming up over and over again is this phrase of someone being well liked. It happens like every char- different characters say it. it. It's obviously a very important mm-hmm. theme. And so ever since then, I sort of have been trained by my English teachers in high school and college to pay attention to phrases that more than one character say that are mm-hmm. exact. And that line, you're going to die alone or I'm going to die alone or someone's going to die alone pops up yeah. over and over and over and over and over again. And I think that adults, because I, I said this to somebody who's older than me a little bit and they kind of laughed at this, like this being a theme of the show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do you not remember high school? <laughs> do you not remember that? Like, cause that's not, while that thought, maybe wasn't something I ever had that feeling of like, if I make a mistake, my life is over, like literally over or going down a path that I have no interest in going down. And it's, that feels very authentic to Mm -hmm. me. And I'd be interested to know how you feel about it being much closer to high school than I am. (laughs) Though I was in high school, not when these people were, but closer to them. But I mean, you're, you know, you're, you're fresh out of high school. Yeah. I just graduated. Yeah. So is that, something that rang true with you or with people you I mean or not necessarily that it was a feeling you had but that you you saw in the in the world I feel like most definitely it is people are always my perspective on it is that in 10 years I don't know how much this is going to matter to me Mm -hmm. so I don't think I've ever had that kind of like my life is over I'm going to die alone this isn't you know what I intended my life for because I've always kind of had like a path that I've been on that sounds so sure. Yeah. No, but that but it is it it shows there is an importance to yeah, that. I've, like you, you have a direction. That yeah, you're I've always yeah. had direction with like what I wanted to do career wise since I was like nine or ten. Mm-hmm. So I've never super felt like I'm doing the wrong things and my life isn't going to end up where it is. Of course I've had those worries just mm-hmm. because you know, in this business, it's like, it's a hard business to be in. And you see all these people doing the things you want to do and these opportunities that you were up for or you wish you you had. And you're just like, I don't know how much more I can take of this disappointment. Mm -hmm. But in a more high school sense, I've seen a fair few people just kind of accept their situation as to where they are and kind of accept the reality that they're accept their reality Mm -hmm. that they're not going to go anywhere Mm -hmm. which i find just really sad the kind of like complacency in your life Mm -hmm. which i'm not about that life yeah Yeah. well and it's hard i mean it, it, it it's one of those things i think that adults or at least even people in their 20s mm-hmm. try to forget because it's painful and yeah. then end up actually forgetting possibly the mm-hmm. emotional truth of that. Like, Because when you get older and you get some perspective, you can look back on your high school self and say, oh, you were an idiot. Like you yeah. had all this time. Like you were all this stuff. But when you're in the middle of it. Yeah. Oh, no. Everything you don't is, have any you don't have any perspective. Everything so is tell. like. My high school experiences was a wild time. Like I'm, I don't even mean this. Like I'm not over exaggerating. Like I had a really wild high school experience, mm. especially in my sophomore year. <laughs> that was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but I think about things that I did specifically my sophomore year and I'm like what mm-hmm. what like that was literally two and a half years ago I'm like what what were you doing why were you doing that and I'm just it blows my mind just to think I these things that I did or people I hung out with I thought were like good mm-hmm. or okay um yeah no you you could not you could not pay me to go back to high school. <laughs> I've been out for what? Six, I was going to say three months. months. You've been out for months. I've been out for like three months and you could not pay me uh-huh. to go back to high school. Like all my tuition fees <laughs> from private school from fourth through eighth grade. Uh-huh. Like you couldn't. No. You couldn't do that. Couldn't do it to you. Mm-mm. Couldn't get mm-mm, you there. Mm-mm. Nope. I'm not going to try. I no. just, yeah, it's good to I'm, know. I'm like, when I got out of there, I was like, and. Done. Thank you. I was a little You've that way. I, I had a, yeah, no, I, fi- I had a good high school experience, I would yeah. say. And I finished very strong. I was like, oh, this is, I had a great senior year. But I, yeah, <laughs> I'm with you on that. Like, nah, yeah. like that's, that's good. I'm glad I did it. I wonder. I'm really glad it's over. Honestly, part of me wonders how different <laughs> I would have been my freshman year of high school. How like, if I had been kind of less cynical about high school, if Heather's hadn't been the soundtrack <laughs> to my life. <laughs> that's a valid question. It's like a. I, That's a valid question, man. Oof. Well, and it's so funny that a line in the very first song in "Beautiful" that Veronica has to—I don't remember if it's Ram or Kirk. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's Ram. Uh, that you're a future. Yeah. High school has been waiting to ha- happen. Yeah. A future gas, gas station, station attendant, and he's able to. That doesn't land with him. Yeah, he doesn't at all. Even he's understand. able to just sort of brush it aside. But like the non. The non-specific "you're going to die alone" lands with everybody. The yeah. sort of like very that's so general that everybody can kind of assimilate it. And I think you said before, like it's kind of like it's not as super relatable to me. But I think the angsty stuff was like, yeah, I'm like, I had a lot of angst. Yeah, I had a lot of angst, and I think a lot of it was too. To this well, everyone, album. no, everyone does. Yeah, it's just a quick like because that's that's the constant in any good high school drama to me. It's mm-hmm. everyone's full of angst. Yeah, it's Except just for, like clueless. Cher doesn't have any angst. Well, she no, she does eventually because she learned she wants more than what she has. Like, and that's that's the yeah. thing. It's like there, everybody has the angst. The popular kids have the angst. They mm-hmm. just channel it into something else. The sports kids have the angst. They just channel it into yeah. something else. And then there's the sort of like kids like Veronica and and Martha. Who have nowhere to put it, mm-hmm. so it kind of is is they are their angst. They live Ooh, their angst day to day. And I know, isn't it? <laughs> and in the opening number, we get a lot of that. There's mm-hmm. the you know, why did I hit him? Why did I say that? Why do I act like such a freak? You know, yeah. why? There's this the the internal monologue of the high school students. Yeah. Everyone is the same. And I think that is super relatable to me. That mm-hmm. kind of internal like, why why the hell am I doing this? Like, what is the point of this? Just I that was super relatable to mm-hmm. me. And, and like, it, it it does a great job of then showing the I mean the power and appeal of the Heathers mm-hmm. and like they I mean, have their they have their shit together yeah they and they're like, on lock they yeah. yeah and even you know Heather Chandler I think represents as as being a mythic bitch as they say <laughs> um, which is her only qualification like Heather McNamara and Heather Duke get other qualifiers yeah, of like, like why they're popular but Heather Chandler is just a, she's just a mythic bitch that's her whole thing and that. it works for her but she. I think understands clearly 
the fragility of her position, which is why mm-hmm. she's so mean to the other two Heathers. Yeah. To keep them in line. Right where they need to be. Because yeah. without them, she has a, like she's insulated with the them. Power dynamic is Yeah, it's shifting. very, very important. Yeah. And she So I mean, and and that's why her like the, she takes on Veronica because she's hand useful with her handwriting yeah. skills. She gets them out of a jam and it sort of like pulls the thorn out of the lion's paw. The real and, question uh, there is does Veronica end up writing prescriptions for Heather too? I, I wouldn't doubt it. I, but then JD becomes really good at writing handwriting, apparently. That's, so that that really turned on her real fast. Yeah, really, really fast. She should have I, I think that's a skill you kind of keep on lock for some people. Like you don't tell people unless you're like, hmm. Well, and it is a skill she has in the movie. Yes. All she does is use it for well, she uses it to write the suicide notes, obviously. Yeah. Uh but it is like she her handwriting abilities are there's a few things in the movie that are like almost supernatural, and that's one of them is her mm-hmm. ability to like mimic any handwriting she's seen. Yeah. Uh, so weird. I, but all she wants from the Heathers is just let me sit with you at lunch once. Yeah. And then people will leave me alone. Like all yep. she wants is to be left alone. Yep. And instead, she gets sucked into the vortex of the Heathers mm-hmm. and becomes one of them, which she initially thinks is great. But then she's immediately forced to turn on her best friend, which she yes. does in a heartbeat because mm-hmm. that's how it goes. She's a faulty character. Well, and she should be. Yeah, I mean, that's is. the bit is yeah. that she's and what makes it great as opposed to like in Mean Girls, at least in the film where I can't remember the character's names in Mean Girls. But um, Regina is Regina is, 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 is Heather Chandler. But um, yes. there's, uh, there's Lindsay Lohan's character is sort Katie. of sent in to the den. By Janice. Yeah. yeah and uh, to to be you know one on the inside mm-hmm. and then take down the structure v- veronica is just sort of sucked into it yeah and then has fun with it but then also inadvertently ruin like she doesn't ruin her best friend but she because martha never really knows it was veronica who did these things to her yeah but she has to live with the effect of it of like yes. martha comes to the party and then gets because they've written a, a note in ram's handwriting yeah and then she gets, yeah, and she gets humiliated and then she tries to kill herself in what is like the saddest, sweetest, loveliest song yeah. in the world. Now we're all grown up and we know better. Now we recognize the way things are. Certain boys are just for kindergarten. Certain girls are meant to be alone. But I believe that any dream worth having Is a dream that should not have to end So I'll build a dream that I can live in And this time I'm never waking up And we'll soar above the trees Over cars and croquet lawns Past the And that's uh, this is the the best thing this this musical does from the film is that Martha Dunstock is a character in in, in the she, film. She's like not even. She has no lines. Yeah. She's a she's a big girl. 
that's her only uh her only uh her only defining characteristic is yeah. yeah and she's it's almost the movie makes fun of her for being big yeah. because she's it, in order to try to kill herself she steps in front of a car yes and doesn't die because the car she's too big and basically the car doesn't kill her yeah. it's a terror like it it this there is another character there's, yeah there's a because martha in the movie isn't i just remember that there's it's two characters her martha, best friend no martha dunstock which i only know is because they do in the movie and the musical they call her martha dump truck but the there's another character in the movie i'm looking at yeah who who veronica used to be friends with um betty finn i was right yeah it's, it's betty finn, betty finn. yeah That's exactly Renee. right yeah. Yes, Renee Estevez. She of the um, Martin Sheen's daughter and future oh, West Wing uh, actress. Um, she, uh, yeah, she is, plays this character named Betty Finn, who Veronica was friends with in grade school, mm-hmm. and, and then is not friends with anymore because she's now popular. Yep. And but it is just sort of, it's brought up, it's ignored, it's then referred to at the end. Yeah. She goes back to her and says, "We should hang out," and she takes Martha Dunstock with them, and they form yeah. this sort of like other heathers of like three girls who are just friends and they're going to be nice yeah. to each other the musical goes further than that yeah. by having you know we're all gonna be friends we're gonna be great in and we're gonna love each other in the song they want to be the hit which is the song that i find like the most kind of 17, 17? is not a song that it doesn't really, really it doesn't really ring for me i like it i like it a lot i love the scene of her yes. because it also contains the most important message of the show or one of the more impressive i shouldn't say the most but like there's a very important part mm-hmm. tying into the angst where she says yes we're damaged very damaged but that doesn't make us wise yeah and that is not something you see in most high school shows in most high school shows the angsty or movies or tv shows whatever mm-hmm. it is the angsty characters are also super wise and wizened and kind of beyond yeah. their years and it gives people who are outcasts the false impression that they have secret knowledge mm. of the world. They certainly have secret knowledge of themselves, yeah. but they do not have, that does not translate into a greater understanding yeah. of the universe. Yeah. And it's a very important moment for me because then she sings that, like, can't we just be 17 yes. and do what 17 year olds do? Mm-hmm. And she, fe- it almost feels like for a minute she's going to convince JD to like put down his guns, chill out. Well, he doesn't kill anybody yeah, until for... himself. For the rest bit. of the show, but he does some he pretty. He tries, though. He tries. Oh, he tries. He tries real hard. He tries. He has some next level attempts, but he doesn't make it. People hurt us, or they vanish. And you're right, it really blows. But we let go. Take a deep breath. And go buy some summer clothes. We'll go camping. Play some poker. And we'll eat some chili fries. Maybe prom night. Maybe dancing. Don't stop looking in my eyes. Your eyes. Can we be seventeen? Is that so hard? I don't know. It just for some reason doesn't quite work for I me. Under, I understand that. I can see how that can be a little like, ugh. yeah. But I do. It's love a great. That it's a very song. good song. Yeah, I do love that song. It's just one that makes me kind of go, eh. you know, of yeah. all the songs. Unlike Kindergarten Boyfriend, 
which you wouldn't reprise at the end, but it does like it's a very different song. <laughs> Imagine if that was the finale. <laughs> Kindergarten like, boyfriend. Everything still sucks. <laughs> it's such a like, but it is a song I admire greatly because it's very funny. Yeah. Until it's, it isn't. Yeah. And it doesn't ever change its metaphor. It doesn't ever change its imagery. But when she sings the line, like the line at the end should be hilarious where she says to a big kindergarten where mm. nap time is centuries long. Yeah. That should be funny. But it's. But it's terrifying. Yeah. It's like we're going to sleep forever. Cause right. Because we're, we're going to be dead. We're dead. Yeah. And she really. And she knows what she's saying. Yeah. She's not. You know, when she it's talks not about. A wist, well, I guess it is wistful in the sense, but it's not like. And we're going to be happy and sleep forever. It's like. And we're gonna die because right. I'm done. And we won't feel. But it's not. It's the thing of like the good, the honest thing about it to me is it's not it, like you say. It's not we're gonna be happy and sleep forever. We're just gonna sleep. Yeah. And we won't feel any pain. This won't oh. hurt anymore. Ooh. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's that thing of like you see, and it's important in in the story. And one of the things the movie gets wrong to me is that Martha's suicide is genuine. Yeah. I mean Heather's Heather Chan, uh, Heather uh, McNamara's. It borders on genuine, mm -hmm. but it is, uh, it, it's, it's a character, well, but it's also a character we don't necessarily sympathize with. Like she's, yeah. she's all over the place. So it's her moment, it's her moment of humanity when mm -hmm. she tries to kill herself. It's a moment of like, oh, you, you're okay. Yeah. I see. Now I like you. Like yeah. you, you've gone through a trauma and I like you. We like Martha from the jump yes. when she's on Jiffy Pop detail. <laughs> uh, and so when she the has, yeah, sucker for a happy ending. Um, oh man. And she, but then she has that, you know, that the the there's so much great funny bits in the song of like you know we sail together over the faculty i don't know why the line the faculty parking lot yeah. <laughs> cracks me up but it just does it's just a funny little image yeah and but she's a profound like she is in so much pain in yeah. that song and she's in the way that like adults idealize high school we have a high school student idealizing kindergarten and it's just yeah. so sad and it kind of makes you if you think about it yeah realize how sad it is to idealize high school like it's all yeah. it's all messed up and all the stuff that the boy did for her you know like putting a scab and she put a scab in a locket disgusting it's gross but it's very sweet <laughs> it's very gen and like it shows how all she wants is a human connection yeah and at the end of the day you know, she when she loses Veronica, she can get through anything with. It's actually a lot like Be More Chill. I'm now realizing. I that. actually have not listened to Be More oh, Chill. Oh, well, all. it's going to be all over the place. Here, I know so it is. You're, it's, you're, uh... it's a thing. I see a lot of it on Instagram. I love Will Roland. Mm -hmm. I have like a really like I love Will Roland because I saw Tangent. I saw Tara Van Hansen seven times. Wow. Um. Yeah. Okay. Because I was at a Reading Stage Academy during oh, okay. that summer, and they gave gotcha. us free tickets. Sure. I actually wrote my college essay about this. Um, but I saw it five times at Arena Stage. Mm -hmm. Once for the first preview off Broadway, and then I saw it for my birthday a few years ago on Broadway. In the so I've seen mm -hmm. it seven yeah, times. And seven I times. I wouldn't say I, I got to be friends with Will, but like I that's I we're not friends, but right. like I got to talk to him afterwards and he knew who I was. Like every time that I've seen him, he's been like, Oh hey, Cassie. Mm -hmm. So Well, there you go. Yeah. Hey. Um so I support all things. You support Will all things. Will roll. I have his grandmother's email. Ooh. Because don't give it out. No, I won't. Just do it. It's actually. dot com. I'm gonna bleep all that so people think you really said it. To me. <laughs> but the character uh, that George Salazar played, for which he will be nominated for a Tony next year, uh, of Michael, mm -hmm. um, 
has a song in Act Two of Michael Be More Chill, Michael in the Bathroom, the song you've heard, which but is ostensibly about that same issue that he is alone and he thinks everybody hates him, mm. but as long as he has uh, Jeremy, yeah, he's fine. Like he can at least deal with it. Yeah. And when he loses Jeremy, he can't handle it anymore. And it's not so severe as what Martha's going through. Yeah. But you sort of, and she never says that overtly. Yeah, but that, that it is was Veronica. that it was Veronica. Yeah. But like, yeah, Veronica's passive, even if, if she doesn't know that Veronica, I mean, she wrote the note. She didn't actively organize it, but she sabotaged her friend. Yeah. And I don't want to diminish that. But I don't think it would change too much for her. like she wouldn't get angry at veronica more than she already is i think yeah. she's angry at veronica for the passive what she sees as the passive complicity yeah in the situation and she can't you know she can't deal and mm-hmm. it's you know that's very understood you can get through a lot if you have anyone else to do yeah. it with but and if you're, she doesn't yeah we learn a lot more about the characters individual personalities in the musical than we ever do yeah. in the movie <laughs> There's stocks in the movie. I mean, they're yeah. stock characters, basically, in the movie. Yeah. I think it ultimately, the movie's a lot more interested in attitude and atmosphere mm-hmm. of being kind of like an anti-breakfast club. Really? Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. like setting itself against the John Hughes model of 80s teen yeah. movie, of being like this sort of darker, edgier, yeah. funnier thing. And it isn't so much interested in its characters or its plot. Everything services the attitude yeah the ambiance and the christian slater and winona Ryder of it all you know that's which gets you through don't get me wrong i love the movie but i love the movie for very different reasons than i love the musical the musical is really interested in like who are these people Mm -hmm. what are the ramifications of what they're doing yeah what's the motivation behind what they're doing and how does this like if we take this idea and logically push it all the way through Mm -hmm. what does it feel like yeah and it plays up characters like um uh mrs miss fleming who's a character in in the movie but she's ostensibly a joke yeah we get she has that great break in Shine a Light where she tells you her whole her whole that story. Is, oh my god. It's so great. Who wants to share what's in their hearts? No volunteers? Fine, I'll start. My name's Pauline. I live alone. My husband left, my kids are grown. In the 60s, love was free. That did not work out well for me. The revolution came and went, tried to change the world, barely made a dent. I have struggled with despair. I've joined the call, chopped off my hair. I chant, I pray, but God's not there. So, Steve, I'm ending our affair. And I faked it every single time. <sighs> that feels fan-freaking-tastic! One, two, take me home! Yeah. Shine, shine, shine Yep. I saw um, not the woman who originated that role. Mm. She was, I don't know if she'd already left, but there, she was still in the playbill at the time. But Oh, so last, you maybe saw a swing yeah, or it was something, the, yeah. It was the, I don't know if like she'd officially left, but she wasn't there for the last two shows. Mm. So I saw Molly Hagger, who I love, and she's in Waitress right now. I can't and find. She's just. Well, it's running right now. This mm. is the thing I didn't realize. It's running at the West End right yes. now. Yes. It got a full transfer. I knew it was running. Off what West they call end. off West End, which I don't think is a thing. Is a thing. Yeah. But um, at a theater, not it is West actually. End. There's a full production yes. running in the West End, mm-hmm. which if that does well, could mean it could come back. I mean, I think without too much, it's not too much of a stretch. I think to with the success of Be More Chill, I, 
to imagine that it could come back. That it could come back if the West End production runs. Like it will have to run. It'll it's, have to do well, win doing... some Olivier's, and then maybe it could come back and be have an actual Broadway run. I think it's doing very well over yeah. there. I think it would be a little weird to bring it back to New York and not implement some of the original New York and LA casts. It could. And I think it would be a really big internet thing if that were to happen with with Barrett Wilbert Reed versus Carrie Hope Fletcher. Well, but Barrett Wilbert Reed, who played the original Veronica, mm-hmm. we should say. Actually, it was originally Annalie Ashford, which is a riot. Yeah, In the I original love like that. Joe's Pub production, and Jeremy, Jeremy Jordan. Jordan. Yeah, it's, I got, love it's got a great that. Joe's Pub cast. Um, almost none of whom, Jill Avramovitz was was Miss Fleming. It, none of those people made it because that was a one-off concert thing. Yeah. Um, but Barrett Wilbert Reed is doing Mean Girls right she now. She is. She's playing Janice. She could still play. She could still, she could still do still it. Play I think she said Absolutely. she doesn't want to play high school characters after this. I think she said that she's like she needs to play adult characters. Totally which is understandable because she's like twenty eight. At the same time, uh, somebody comes to you and says, "Hey, she's twenty nine. Um, we're going to open this musical. She's twenty nine. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, if somebody comes to you and says, "Hey, we're doing this show and you're the lead in the Broadway musical," I would do it. Yeah, I was. Now she might not. She she may yeah. not. It, this is also very speculative on my part for mm-hmm. a number of reasons. But assuming it does well in the West End, assuming it runs, assuming it's it has to be nominated for some awards, get some good publicity. We're still at least a year, if not two, mm-hmm. from it coming, and that could be that would then I think maybe be a whole new cast. They would just be like, you know what, let's just ground yeah. up, redo this thing, and it's a different because the other thing is because of its mythic cult status. Yeah. It's not a bad idea to sort of like just completely remount it yeah. instead of bringing any of the old baggage with you. Yeah, and I think there's just Carrie and Barrett both have such intense followings, mm-hmm. like super duper intense, and a lot of people are like, "Blah blah blah is better." Blah 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 is better, and I don't person like I love Barrett Wilbur Weed. I love her so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I. Uh, I want to be her when I grow up. There's there a couple go. people who, in the theater world, I'm just like, I just want to be you. Is that too much to ask for? Don't think so. Um, but I think she's fantastic, and I think Carrie's also great. But I think they are super different. They I are think, very, very different performers. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't think... It's a weird overlapping thing, because I don't see Carrie playing roles that Barrett's done, and I don't see Barrett playing roles yes. that Carrie he, has he done. Yes, it goes both ways, yeah. So that kind of overlap of the roles is a little like. And yet here they are. Yeah. Playing the same part. Mm -hmm. Who knows? So I think in the theoretical terms of it coming to Broadway at some point in time. I think its chances are greatly improved is all. Yes. um, Would be my larger. When you can put on the poster from the creators of Legally Blonde. If Mean Girls is running really, really well, if yeah. if Be More Chill runs, I don't see a reason not for at least somebody to mm-hmm. be like, hey, whatever, where, where are where, we with that? Because it's going on right now. It's not like it's yes. the difference between that and this would be a much wilder speculation if there was no West End production. I was like, maybe they'll just pull it out of thin air and put yeah. it back on. There's a production they can move. Yeah. You know, it's that a lot of people have invested in already. Yeah. That's a lot cheaper. And I think the Heathers, it's. It went away for a little bit, and mm-hmm. now I think it's coming back. And it, I think one of the reasons it may be, you know, a little bit more in the public eye is all this political stuff that's been happening. This, you know, I'm not familiar with what you're talking about. Uh, never mind. We can get I'm this just, out. I'm totally just teasing. We're gonna get this out. 
we're going to cut all of this out. I, you pulled up in your car. I was listening to 538's podcast. So, yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's... The climate, as you say. One of the reasons why... Yeah, you're right. It's, it's female-led. Back. It's female-centric. Yeah. Thank you, Cassie. This was fun. Where yeah. can people find you on the internet? Oh, but you're um, terrible at responding to, you said. I, I am. I'm real sorry about it. <laughs> what if it. they want to find you? I am on Instagram as Cassie Rose C. Uh, I have a website, which I need to update because it only works on my mom's computer. First, like, I can't log in on my on my, so you don't on have my a laptop. Website, though. Like, I do have one. <laughs> it exists. I just can't edit it. I can't edit my website on anything but uh-huh. my mom's computer. So more professional stuff goes up on there i don't okay. really use instagram that much but i like followers oh there you I'll go everyone likes back. followers and um my twitter i think is cassie rose c well, obviously you're not there underscore oh underscore because cassie rose c was already taken <laughs> thank you so much for having thank me thank you for coming this was great yeah i love heathers <laughs> i can't tell <laughs> <laughs> The original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. The original cast is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me on Twitter at UnknownPenguin. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts from the convenience of your iPhone and or check out the original cast on Stitcher if that's how you get down. My thanks to Cassie Cope for coming down and talking to me today. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. (laughs) 